Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And today on the show, I have the singer, songwriter, Miss Deep Femme. Uh, her uh, album that just came out uh, this past summer is called Hell Girls Hymnal. Um, check it out, streaming everywhere. Um, and I'm excited to talk to her about her artistry and why she does what she does. So. Charlotte, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. I'm really excited to do this. Good. God, I'm glad. How is your day going so far? Not bad. Not bad. I have a new job as a painter, so my hands are still covered in Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. The paint. The, the shoes as well. Yeah, you just wipe off the the paint drips on them. When, yeah. When you, when you make a, a spill or... Oh, I suppose this is... This is the beverage. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna drink out of my big gallon of water bottle that I brought. Uh, it's useful. I mean, you're you're staying hydrated throughout the day. Clearly. You have to. You do. You have to. You you can like make sense of the world a lot better when you drink water. You know, like all day. You know. I've always been the water police at my household because nobody else drinks water. Uh, like my husband included. I have to like. Chase him around the house, make him drink water because yeah, yeah. you go a little crazy if you, you don't do. if you don't actually stay hydrated and it's really easy. Yeah, just really. Drink water. It just gets it gets you on edge a lot, you know, mm -hmm. when you're not drinking water and like um, like I don't know, you can think more clearly. You're just you feel physically better. Yep. Um, I didn't used to drink water either. I I always like my mom like would like get upset that I wasn't drinking water as a kid and because I would be like oh it has no flavor I want soda but now I like barely drink soda um now yeah I just you know it it, it just I think you have to like kind of it comes with maturity you just have to get older and your body starts really like failing a little bit you yeah. know like the first stages of old age hit you and you're like oh if I don't drink water I'll die yeah. <laughs> Whereas when, like, from, like, you know, like, 6 to 20, or you're just like, I can drink gasoline and I'll right. be fine. Like, you don't can, worry about right. it. Exactly. You can, you know, order a pizza at 2 a.m. and eat the whole thing. You know, you can still do that until, you know, around that, around, like, the young adult time, it's like, shit. Like, I... Feel like shit. <laughs> See, my trick, my trick to pulling off eating way too much pizza is to um, like order it really late, eat it all really fast, and then go to bed, and then I don't have to deal with it until tomorrow, and it's perfect, right. and I get eight hour head start, right? Because it's like, well, not eight hours. I really only sleep like five or six hours, but like. You know, you, you you go to sleep, and then mm -hmm. your body gets a while to sort of sit with the horrible yeah. thing that you've done to right. it. Yeah. And then you wake up, and then, you know, you're five hours ahead of it. Yeah. So. It's like a hangover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you just sleep it off, kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do you like to, where do you order your pizza? Oh, Ian's. <laughs> I <laughs> like Ian's. exclusively Ian's. Yeah. My, uh, I had a roommate that worked at Ian's, and he, like, used to bring, he used to work third shifts, so, like, he would bring... Oh, so many yeah. slices of pizza that yeah. they were just gonna like toss it the other night. So you're just eating so much. the The mac and cheese pizza is very like bland mm -hmm. at this point. It's kind of cool when you like first like 
when it, you, you're you new to it, like, uh-huh. especially, like, when I, like, when I was a freshman in college, right. like, it was at every, like, club, like, student org meeting, people would have the mac and cheesy yes. and... Mac and cheese. I mean, it's just because it's a novelty, though, right? Because, right. like, once you actually, like, have it, like... Doesn't have that pasta much flavor. on pizza is yeah. just bread on bread, which like yeah. don't get me wrong, like I'm always about eating them carbs, but like, right. And know. then you have beer with it too, so it's it's bread on bread with a side of liquid bread. Yeah, what, <laughs> what more could you want? It's, it's, an, it's an all bread diet. Oh, all bread. You know, we carbs for for days here. Um, yeah, no, Ian's is probably my go-to as well. Um, yeah. I have to order it secretly now because my, like, I can't get it for the whole house. I have to just, like, get it when no one else is home because I've yeah. ordered it so much that my husband doesn't want to <laughs> eat it anymore. Yeah. Do you like Blaze? I honestly haven't had Blaze. Yeah. It's I pretty good. Tried it. It's okay. Like, I mean, it's, uh, it gives you, like, a lot of optimization. Like, you can put so right. many toppings. Like, there's I no other pizza that. place really, like, that you can put artichokes, roasted garlic, mushrooms, um, you know, onions, all loaded on one pizza. And I, I go crazy and all that shit. That's fair. I think by the time that I'm ordering Ian's, like, I'm just like, I don't want to make a lot of decisions. I yeah, want to have yeah. a very weird pizza without having to think about it at all. And then just getting it because like, I'm a person who when I make art, I try to challenge myself in every other aspect of yeah, my life. Right. Yeah. I don't do <laughs> yeah. that. I want what I want. Once I like something, I just order that. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. deviate. And yeah. Right? You, you worked hard to get to where you are. You know? Exactly. Right. I worked hard to get this pizza. Fuck I yeah. went on Grubhub and everything. I'm like, yeah. You know, you, you had to, like, pull the app open yep. and mm. actually place the order mm. and wait. Ten minutes for it to get there. Ten minutes, yeah, friggin' right. It's like an hour every time, and I'm always like the one who's like constantly going back and being yeah. like, "What time is it coming? What time is it coming?" Right. It's never soon enough. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, do better, Grubhub. Go faster, <laughs> drive. Yeah. No, speed. Please, please tip your delivery driver. Yeah, I was a delivery driver. I have been a delivery driver several times. Tip your delivery driver and tip your bartender. That too. Just, just tip in general. You know, uh, it goes a long way. If um, you have extra money, they need it. That, yeah, very much so. You can tip me. I'm a house painter. Yeah. Man. That's fine. And uh, Or buy my music, I suppose. Yeah. I guess that's part of why just, we're here. Yeah, ex- ex- <laughs> right. I think that's a good segue. Uh, so <laughs> buy uh, Deep Pump's new album. Um, so, yes, uh, going into that... Um, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. Okay. Uh, first time I saw you was at the River West Public House, right mm-hmm. around the corner. Yep. Shout out to the Public House. Love the Public House. Um, yeah. Got married at the Public House. Yes, you did, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. That was yeah. Great. That we're, it's just been a, a year How? as of... A month ago. How so? Were you were y'all like on like the the stage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were on the stage. I walked into uh, Head Over Heels by Alanis Morissette, nice. which is good because I love Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Very fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How was like the like was the like did you guys like party there too or what? Oh yeah, the whole thing was there. Like like 
the public house is a place that we feel very comfortable, but mm. also it didn't cost us very much money. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was a big a big thing because we did not have lots of dollars to throw around for for our wedding. So mm. so we did everything on site. Sure. That well, that's wonderful. It sounds very. Um, I mean, it is like from a from uh, since I like really started coming to the public house. It is very familial mm -hmm. it's very it is a very safe space mm -hmm. it's a um it's full of great people that you know uh really really embrace not only embrace but also emphasize um you know marginalized communities yeah. in their creative um outlets and i want to shout out fred because um fred love fred shout out fred um tiny hands um i fred was actually like Yo, you should, because, like, I was writing for Break and Entering, right. and uh, I had recently covered Tiny Hands, and they were like, you should come here to, like, this this artist, Deep Femme, like, she's so good, you should totally see her, you should, and so I came, I rushed over there, saw you, and I caught, I came in, like, a little into your set, mm -hmm. I was just in time, got to talk to you, yeah. meet you, and it was wonderful, um, so... Um, and bef that was before your new album came out. Too. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I was still leading up to that. Was that a solo show that I was playing, or was yes. it playing with the band? Yeah. yeah. So, so Hell Girls Hymnal is the first uh, full band release that nice. we've done, um, and first professionally recorded. Uh, re well, per it's definitely professionally sure. recorded, but like we went to Fred and Cora's house, and uh, Cora did a great job. Cora did the sound engineering for us. Some, we did uh, not go to a studio. You did some. Uh, Prayers at Jesus Camp. Yep, nice. I love Jesus Camp. Jesus Camp and, and Fred. Um, Fred, the thing that you mentioned, Fred doing, where they told you to come see me, they do to everyone. Yeah. About me, sometimes when I'm in the room, and then I have to leave the room because I, <laughs> I don't know how to handle that still. Mm -hmm. um, even after been, I've been doing this for several years now, and I still can't take compliments. So, well. Um, so be careful, because uh, I might have to leave. Oh, uh, so if I gas you up too much, like, <laughs> yep, yep, it, I'll just, it's over. I'll jump right out the window. Oh, no. <laughs> Not too much criticism either, though, I, because if you criticize me, I'll also leave. Okay. I, okay. It has to be a very, a very strict, uh, very thin line you're walking. Sure, right, just, right. Just so you know your job as okay. an interviewer. Damn. Okay. I'm, I'm kidding, most. I'm on, yeah. Okay, I, I know, uh, I know how I... I gotta play this, okay? I gotta play it safe. I'll be assertive. How about that? Assertive, that's good. I'll be assertive. It's always important. Yes, it most certainly is. Uh, could you water me just a little bit? Oh, of course. Uh, awesome. Um, that's very handy. Yeah, no, this. it's perfect. It's, uh, like we said at the outset, gotta stay hydrated. And now I'm working a very physical job. Yeah. Just quit working at CapTel and mm. working. Good for you. Yes, good I'm, for you. I'm very pleased. It's, it's been very good to be working, doing physical labor again. I actually missed it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it does, uh, the time definitely goes by faster. Mm, mm -hmm. Plus I get to just put my headphones in and listen to podcasts all day, mm. which I like to do. Like Mr. Nice Guy sometimes. Like Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you don't have to listen to my podcast, but I appreciate it when people do. Anyway. So, uh, like you said, uh, you're playing with a full band now. Mm -hmm. um, that's very exciting. Um, we're gonna get into uh, everything that went into your new album and what's mo what uh, will be uh, moving forward. But first, I would love to hear how you uh, 
started uh, playing music uh, as a creative outlet for yourself? Like, where did you find a passion for it growing mm. up? Um, growing up, I mean, like, I always, I've loved music since, like, I can remember. I know that's probably, like, a cliche that a lot of people say, but, like, right. I've, I've always been very into music. Not necessarily always, though. I didn't actually start listening to music till I was, like, 11. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, I, was I, late. <laughs> I mostly listened to, like, music that my parents were listening to, but, like, I sought it out myself, you sure. know? Yeah. Like, um... I, there's a video of my parents, like, when I was, like, a baby, like, in a high chair, like, feeding me while, like, dancing around the room to the Temptations, and reputedly, like, one of the first things that I, like, said was I actually sang part of a Temptations song in my sleep. Um, so I've always really liked, I've always really liked music. Um, as far as playing it, um, honestly, I got into playing the guitar. I taught myself to play uh, the, the summer after high school. I started teaching myself um, mostly so that I could sing more because what I really like to do is sing. Mm -hmm. um, and since then, it, it's like I played a lot in college. I have a lot of musical friends. My friend Missy, uh, they live in Chicago. They're the, the front person of the God Awful Small Affairs. Um, and like they've a, been like active for a couple of years now and they're really amazing and they've been a big influence and help to me um, and we met in college and played a lot of music together and for a while when I was in school I was like oh well, I'm gonna be like a English professor or something like that because I also am a well we were talking about this before camera I believe but but I'm a bibliophile yeah. as your roommate is yes and, um, was admiring the books and yeah. um, but I didn't graduate college for a variety of reasons um, I went to Knox College in Galesburg Illinois okay um, and then did a year also at UWM sure where are you from originally here here okay I'm born and raised I've been here for all but three years of my mm -hmm. life during which I was in Galesburg Illinois mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've lived I've lived in the Milwaukee area forever, um, oh. basically at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, when college sort of fell through, and I have since become pretty disillusioned with academia in general, um, I really got into playing music, um, and I started going to a bunch of open mics like. That was that was my like formative process was like three open mics a week like mm -hmm. every week three times because that allowed me to really practice like like honestly that time of my life is probably when I developed the most so far as a musician like other than like adopting like an entire band who I practice with now like that's a big deal for sure but like when I went from like oh like I I'm the person on campus with a guitar to like, I want to be a musician was when I started doing open mics mm -hmm. um, regularly and with intention. Um, and that's when I started writing my first songs too, was, mm -hmm. was then the first songs that ended up under like the Deep Femme moniker yeah. was, was, you know, written while I was going to the Miramar and going to the Bremen and where's the other one? Oh, Linneman's. Right down the right street. There, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I went to all those places, like, nonstop until I uh, really um, 
started to feel comfortable playing. Were you always like uh, comfortable being in front of people? Um, not always, but it's been a long time since I've been uncomfortable in front of people. That's good. Um, <clears throat> my, uh, I, one of the things that I actually did do while I was in college and afterwards for a brief uh, period of time is I played in a cover band uh, mm -hmm. with my little brother um, and a couple of his friends, and we played like for bars and, and stuff like that. Like it was a money-making business. Yeah. Um, I did not love it. Um, it wasn't doing it for me creatively, but it really helped me become comfortable being on stage. Mm -hmm. um, when you play, you know, four-hour nights worth of music at a bar every weekend, it's pretty difficult to like go up there and feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You just sort of get used to it. We did it for like three years, and, and like by the end of that time, I like now there are situations where I go up on a stage and I don't feel a hundred percent, but I feel very confident and comfortable now. Yeah, as with most things, it's a thing, mm -hmm. it's practice, definitely. Um, I've heard that uh, there's a lot of money in cover bands. That's where the money is. I mean, yeah, the money is definitely yeah. in, in not playing your own music. Right, yeah, um, yeah. It, That's well, why they're so big, it seems. Right, right. Well, I mean, they... they like, it's a, it's a reliable way to make money in, in, in a way that, like, playing, playing your own stuff isn't. Um, because people don't know your stuff, people don't want to hear your stuff, they want to hear other people's stuff, and bars know that that will bring people in. So, um, they'll pay you. You know, like, we were making, like... We were each taking home like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a night. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah, That's for like good. a couple hours work, mm. like, and that was like on the low end. Like we never even got very big. We we just you know played local bars and and out in the sticks a couple times. But like we got we got a lot of pay, but mm -hmm. it really wasn't for me. I, yeah, I was. I didn't really like we we played a lot of like like jam songs and I never really got into jam music. I know there's a lot Me of people either. who enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. Um right. and eventually I uh left um so that I could pursue my own work. Um which yes is much less lucrative. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. But and now I'm now yeah. I make like maybe a hundred dollars a month from this and that that's honestly a lot better than than a lot of people do I'm very lucky to um, have like a, a very devoted local following um, uh, who I can count to show up who I can count to become patrons on my patreon page even though I haven't posted on there in a couple months and yeah. stay like like um, I have a really good fan base here who I really uh, love and appreciate, um, but like a lot of people, especially starting out, you know, don't have that. Um, mm -hmm. So even the amount of money that I make as an independent artist is a lot less than a lot of people. Yeah. Or a lot more than a lot of people. That's what I mean. Yeah, think. yeah. Which, yeah, that's, um, that's the beauty of community, especially here in River West. Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just, there's a lot of support for one another rather than like, oh, I'm only going to see what I want to see right. like there's a lot of people that just 
genuinely like music, they like right. art, they like meeting new people, right. and a lot of us are also pretty low income, right. so that I think that there's sort of like that communal ability to appreciate and uplift one another. Yeah. Definitely yeah. like living here for that reason. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, one of the things you have to learn as a musician who's in the business of being a musician is you have to learn to ask for people to give you money mm -hmm. and not feel guilty about it. Um, when I was younger, uh, when I was starting out, you know, there was a sense in which I was like, I don't want people to give me money for this. Like, like especially because like so much of what I have online on my Bandcamp page, not on all services, but on my Bandcamp page, um, is like, like lo-fi demos. Mm -hmm. um, so much of that I didn't want people to pay for. Um, at the outset um, but that's not like a luxury you can cling to and mm -hmm. it's not a productive mindset you know it's not it's not to say that like I consider myself like a salesperson and that I like bang on people's doors virtually and, and, and ask <laughs> yeah. them to give me and like demand that they pay me but but understanding that you know like there's a a, a compassionate and like uh, self-caring way to ask to be supported if like you have in your work supported mm -hmm. people yeah um to ask those people to give what they can of course so yeah totally and yeah there's and that's totally totally like um respectable like i mean i feel that way when i invite you know a bunch of people like my facebook page or right you know when i you know i'm sharing my my articles and stuff like right. on, on social media it's like you know by no means do I expect that like I mean I do expect I at least hope that you know some people will like it some people will support it some right. people will actually consume it right. but I can't like expect it to because then it's like I'm taking I then it's like I'm taking it for granted or I'm I'm my ego develops that way but it, it is like not much to ask especially if you're a a touring artist, mm -hmm. um, you know, to ask somebody to give you a dollar for gas money. Right. Um, which Fred does at every River West Public Health show. Uh, I feel bad, though, because I never carry cash. So. I uh, <laughs> was, we just actually played our first show in a couple of months, me and the band. Um, what was this, last Saturday? I think. Last Saturday or Friday, yeah, days. Last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend, this past yeah. weekend, we played our first show at the public house, or, or first show in a while, basically since the album release. And um, Fred is really good at just sort of like taking the 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 donations or tips jar and like walking around, right? That's just what like they always looking do, yeah. at you until you give them money. Yeah. Um, which is really a good skill. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I appreciate them for it. Um, right. I mean, obviously, at this point, it doesn't. The, the touring band tried to pay us, and I was like, no, um, please don't take this. <laughs> the touring band, um, they came from, it was the Mutineers, and they came from uh, from Oregon, I think, or, oh, wow. or, or South Washington, and I was like, yeah, I, I live like 10 minutes from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is fine. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, if I was out, if I was, like, if I had actually left my house, I would probably be here anyway, so like, don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. So, 
I think it definitely helps when like the the person running the venue is the one asking for the donations. Yeah. Like in that case, Fred right. um, at the public house doing that. Like not right. it's not like you as the artist are being like, hey, like can you give me money? Like and other a lot of other DIY venues do that too. They ask for the five dollars suggested donation, yeah. which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody turned away, but this much suggested. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's uh, it's a good policy because I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like I do want, as a musician, to make my stuff available to everyone. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't want to price wall people out of being able to hear my music. Mm -hmm. Like that's not that's not really my interest. I mean, like you said, you know, like we live in a community that that is by and large, you know, economically poor. Yep. And and like that's the those are my fans. Like my fans don't make a lot of money, and like I don't want to force them to pay for my stuff if they can't. You know, like that that, that it feels bad, and mm -hmm. that's not what I'm about. I want to support them if I can. Um, and there's you know as little as having that song that they like is, I, I want them to have that if they need it. Yeah. Um, but. When you can make money, it's nice. It, it, it <laughs> sustains me as a, yeah. in, in you know very real ways, and not only a, a fiscal way, but also just like a, a validating sort of way. Oh yeah, it's like people care. Mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've moved past that a little bit, honestly. Um, like I like, I like getting that praise, and I like hearing people like appreciate what I do, but. Um, <laughs> That's something that I've tried to move past a little bit, is depending too much on the validation piece. Mm -hmm. um, just because, like, so much of what it is, is, like, it, like, music started as therapy for me. Unfortunately, because of what being a musician as a job is, it's become less that, depending on how I'm feeling at any mm -hmm. given time, how much I want to actually work. Yeah. Because um, it is work. Um, but... Um, I want to focus when I have that more on, you know, the actual like joy of the creative act, which is what I care about mm -hmm. and, and whether or not people like it, uh, it's better for me as a person to know that like, I feel good about this. Yeah. And right. thankfully, like from a commercial standpoint, that's lined up with most of my, the people who listen to me, they seem to like what I like, uh, or at least like hearing what I'm making. Um, but, um, yeah, like I, I prefer I prefer to just sort of the the moment when I'm like making music or the moment like in this whole process, which is like this whole like industry that like as a like low level DIY musician I'm doing you know like ninety percent of um, the whole like the whole point in this process is to get to that moment where I'm making something new. Mm -hmm. um, and, and creating something fresh that that I feel that spark that's what matters to me at the end of the day right. um, you know I I'm so happy that like I'm that people appreciate what I do and yeah. I'm so glad to to be able to be supported in what I do but I also want to to get that sort of like creative experience and, and, and have it. And that's what I'm chasing. That's, that's what I'm awesome. always sort of chasing. Yeah. So, and that's, well, that's, I think that's a sign 
you know, you're you're doing it all for the right reasons because you like it, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it just so happens other people do, and that's, right. that's amazing. Yes. That's great. No, I'm very lucky. I'm yeah. very lucky. A lot of people don't get even as much like support as I, and honestly, like the people who support me are incredible. Like, like I know I have like I know people who are in bands who have bigger ba- like bases of fans than me, but their fans are so much more casual than mine are like like the people who come to my shows come to almost every show They're devoted to you. right and yeah. that's that's amazing um mm-hmm. but but at the end of the day you know it all started out as trying to attain that creative spark yeah like trying to feel that inside me um and that's where it all ends up awesome so with this new album, mm-hmm. um, I guess how did you feel you personally like grew uh, as you were crafting this album? So the album itself was written a while ago. Um, the album, I think some of the principal songs on the album uh, were written pre-band. Um, I was working with Ben Vaniella, um, who who's my my cellist and, and lead guitarist. Um, we were we were working together mostly with him on cello, um, and um, that was really great. And I was enjoying it, but like I was still writing for myself. Ben is a professional actor, and he's very busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but sort of as the this past year, um, no, not this past year. The year before this. 2018 yep. came to an end. I was like, I want to do this with a band, um, and um, so I started working with um, my friend Brian Trout, um, who plays drums for us. Um, and later on, my husband Milo joined us on bass, which has been amazing. It's been that's it's awesome. been really cool to have him. Um, oh, he basically so, taught himself. So <laughs> he taught he taught himself like how to play the bass so that he could oh, be in cool. the band, which is oh, great. Awesome. Um, um, and um yeah uh the album itself was written almost entirely by me um with me in mind so this whole process has been sort of a trying to work retroactively to incorporate what i want Mm -hmm. from my musicians into the work um and i think that's been really the the growth point is working with my working with my musicians um, working with the people who are helping me make this sound mm-hmm. um, they have been you know really invaluable um, yeah. in different ways um, and it's been a learning process it's a lot harder to be a band leader than it is to be a solo singer songwriter mm-hmm. like like there there are ways in which like like it's easier to be in a band like if I fuck up while I'm playing on stage and I'm playing with a band you might not hear it mm-hmm. if I fuck up when I'm on stage by myself you're gonna hear it yeah. um, but like you know managing people getting them all in the same space sort of like corralling your creative energies and sort of getting all that done and working the like the logistics become so much bigger and so yeah. much more of a process and i think this is part of why you know when i talk about this stuff now i talk about it so much more in terms of like business because because there's so much more 
business to it. Like uh, even just sort of like, when can we practice? Like Ben's in a play right now with a theater gigante called The Beggar's Opera. Um, and he just opened it like on Friday. Um, oh. So it was Saturday of last week that we had our okay, show. Okay, sure, yeah. There we go. Um, and, and he came from that show on Saturday to the show at Public House to play. So like, yeah, like that. That's what it's like to include other people yeah. in your work. Is like you have to, you know, work around their lives in addition to your own, which is already hard. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been like a real practical learning experience for me. Um, I think what I'm trying to do more of going forward is um, not be so authoritarian <laughs> in how I in how I. Uh, sort of want my sound to be. Mm -hmm. um, I am... The next album that we're working on, I'm going to be co-writing with Ben. Mm. Um, and that, I'm really interested in how that process works, because this process was... Like, I took their input, but I was the final say. Yeah. And this is me sort of like giving up the reins a little bit and saying, let me, like, let's, let's see how you feel and what you want to do. It's more democratic of sorts. Well, there's one song on, on the album, um, Catelpa, which I didn't write the music for. Um, I had just sort of like a demo chord forms, um, uh, and I was honestly, I couldn't think of what to do with the song to make it more interesting, and I honestly was very tired of it. So when it came time to record it, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And Ben was like, let me do it. And I was like, great. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the one exception. And, and Catelpa's turned out to be a very interesting song because of it, because I was not involved. So that's what I'm definitely interested in trying more of and letting people get more yeah. into the process. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely got what I wanted in all aspects of this album, which isn't to say that I'm perfectly happy with how it turned out because that's right. impossible. Yeah. Um, but but I sort of shaped and molded how this process worked, and I and that's you know having to like cajole people and, and convince them to work the way that you want, um, and get get it all to come together in a sort of semi cohesive product. Totally. Um, but but I'm I'm interested in trying different things now. Yeah. With that. Yeah. I think that like that certainly comes with once you have this new band mm. and you're working with new musicians like you it kind of comes in time you just in the same way you learn to trust people yeah. as time goes on and you get to know them and you understand like what their capabilities are what their boundaries are right. like you know what works and what doesn't work then you can trust them to sort of like yeah like kind of be more free reign and, and you trust what they're going to do right I think it uh, certainly, like, um, there, it sounds like you're sort of in that, the stages of that, like, getting to know that. Well, I mean, it's hard, um, because, like, it's not like we formed a new band, right? Like, I took on these three musicians yeah. to play with me in my project, mm -hmm. right? right? That had been my project for years. I think it's very important to introduce, um, 
to, to introduce as much new things and as, as many new experiences into this process as possible. Like creativity thrives on challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and so I don't want to be the kind of person who's like, it's my way or the highway. Um, but that's hard to do when it's just been by default your way or the highway yeah. for several years right. because you're the only one who has any opinion on the matter or any opinion that matters because you're the only one making it. Yeah. But you know, when you have like three other people who are like, this is this, this, and this, and I'm like, well, I want it to be this way, you know, at a certain point you have to step away from that. And mm -hmm. I, I'm very lucky to, to be in the band that I'm in because I trust all of my members as friends already. Yeah. So trusting them as band members is, is a lot easier than just sort of like, I met you at a show, like, and I'm like, we're just getting to know each other, but let's play together. Mm -hmm. Like Ben and I have been informally working together for a couple years now. Yeah. So I, I know Ben, Ben's uh, incredible to work with. Um, very nice, very nice person. Oh yeah. Ben, I uh, ben. yeah, met Ben out at the public house of course for the first time and mm -hmm. had nothing but nice things to say to me you know, yeah very appreciated mm -hmm. he's he's an incredible talent and uh hopefully soon he'll put his own music online which i'm always badgering him to do because he's a really good songwriter do it then yeah this is this is the we're we're on the video All right that's really we're rough. on tv basically yeah and we're telling you you have to do it right so. this, it's it, you know like that's actually really why Charlotte and I uh, are doing this episode because this is really just like a PSA for Ben Yella to put on his music. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But, so, um, why was it called Hell Girl's Hymnal? Um, I am trying to sort of like thematically construct my albums. Um, I um, This one is the most formless, um, for sure, um, but going forward you know, I have like actual narrative ideas for what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I've always loved concept albums. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want. I want to be working with concept. Um, because, uh, when I went to college, the first thing I wanted to be was a writer and that's never mm -hmm. really changed. I still want to write. Right, yeah. and, and that's part, like part of my, part of what I love so much about making music is writing lyrics. Um, and that's one of the biggest like creative moments for me is writing new lyrics. Um, this album is actually sort of like very literally a spiritual album for me. Um, I um, have been, I guess, like quasi-religious, like ever since um, I started to get sober, um, and um, it's been a, like a journey and an interesting experience, um, and. A lot of stuff in the album is uh, either sort of direct prayer or like talking about mystic stuff that I'm interested in or occult stuff that I'm interested in um, and um, how that experience has shaped me and honestly like the the first time I remember having like what I would quantify as a spiritual experience was at like a mountain goats concert. Oh, yeah. So like, so, so it's always been like, like, and, and when I play, when I sing, uh, that's when, like when I feel like closest to having those experiences. So, so in, in that way, the album was about, um, 
it, it is a book of hymns in a sense mm-hmm. for me, um, and and that's sort of why I chose that. The the Hell Girls part is because um, I mean like it's it's interesting to be trans and to be have been raised Catholic and yeah. and to be religious or not religious spiritual I guess is technically what I would call yeah. it um, but like um, it's an interesting experience um, and and I've always been sort of not tongue-in-cheek about it necessarily but like I, I don't take religion very seriously um, except in the ways that I think is important to so mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's part of why it, it, you know, for me, you you want to offset it a little bit um, because that's how I feel about it. it yeah, it's it's a, a concept in in magical thinking um, where you split your brain into two parts, uh, and it works for faith too. You know, one part of you acknowledges and accepts the world as is, and and says, no, I can't prove any of this. And I don't, yeah. therefore I can't act as though it's true. Right. And then one half of your brain believes all of that stuff. And, and, and it's sort of like a, an energy, like a, like a battery for, yeah. for generating like, like creative and, and mystical thought and, and, and what have you. So and that's probably the side of the brain you're using to make your music. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. again, it's part of why when I say, you know, like I am, I feel closest to whatever anyone could call God, I suppose, like when I'm when I'm making music. Like when I'm singing, yeah. when I'm playing, when I'm writing, that feels like transmitting something from beyond my body mm-hmm. sometimes. And that's something the that the energy of the universe. Well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't I, I I try not to be very woo about it, but um but yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't believe in like a Christian God. Like, like right. for me, like, like it's like an extra dimensional sort of experience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I talk too much about it, I'm gonna sound silly. But that's all yeah. that that's all that that faith is at the end of the day is is sort of uh, choosing to believe something that you right. can't prove. Yeah, it, um, essentially that. Yeah. And, I've always, I, for several years now, I've found that to be a very interesting experiment to be engaged in. Totally. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, it's all a quest for answers, mm-hmm. like, and, and uh, in turn, fighting over each other's answers mm-hmm. and waging war on each other for those answers, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I think... Well, that's why you don't join a church. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm Jewish, and we're no exception either. Yeah, um, I think it's especially when it comes to um, everything you're saying about being like spiritual and not religious. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, th- I I think I'm sort of in the same boat with you on like treating religion as kind of silly in a lot of ways. Like sp- not so much the faith part of it, but rather the dogmatic principle right. of it. I mean, in Judaism, it's like, you're not supposed to eat, like, dairy and meat together, like, for, like, and they have to be consumed within a, like, a, they, from, like, a different, a period of time from each other, and I'm thinking, this is just really stupid, like, I mean, I, <laughs> like, if I put, 
cheese on this burger, like, it's not, like, it's not, like, some accursed, uh, like, it, it's, it's treated as some kind of, like, sin, if you will, right. but at the end, but it's, like, what, like, you know, if this was made to taste good, then why was it, you know, deemed possible, mm-hmm. you know, or, 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 like, the same thing with, um, you know, shellfish, you can't eat shellfish in Judaism, you can't eat yep. pork in Judaism, and yep. it's like, well, I mean, it's not hurting myself or anyone else uh, to be doing this. So right. Like, why is it, uh, why is it so um, taboo in this organized religion? And it's just, right. I don't know, I, I, I think that, yeah, like, really it's just people that like thousands of years ago got carried away with what they were making out of the universe and they mm-hmm. decided like this is the way society should be because it makes sense to us right and but that's why you walk the path of the mystic which is yeah, totally yeah, different yeah, yeah. mystic is is somebody who it, I've seen it described as like a science of religion um, where where you go in with questions and you don't necessarily expect concrete answers right you know like when you t- when you have a scientific hypothesis you don't like get you often don't get the answer you're looking for or an answer that you can like hold up as universal truth despite what everyone says about science mm-hmm. um right. but um you are going there into that experience trying to understand how to live your life specifically in a way that you find better for instance if like i chose for whatever reason to keep kosher but i chose it freely and i decided that i was going to keep kosher there are ways in which you can do that without being coerced or feeling pressured from from an organized religion that helps that make your life better Right, I mean, the whole reason why we have practices like that in, in the Torah and the Talmud is because, like, people couldn't eat pork back in the day without getting sick, and, like, yeah. like Israel was a, like, or, well, where, like, when the when Jewish folks were, like, congregated in one space, they were ruled over, it, like, in a theocratic, yeah. like, king kingdom for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, like, these weren't just, like, theological rules, they were sociological rules right. and practices too it was pragmatic at the time right yeah. but but there are ways in which you know if you do that for individual reasons then you make clear and you understand why you're performing a certain ritual that can be beneficial for you doing things mindfully right like we talk about like psychology mindfulness how it's all super popular today like doing even simple things mindfully for a different reason than than they're practically done for um can really make a big difference in people's lives, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, right. Yeah, totally. It's almost like that reclamation, but in doing it voluntarily rather than because you are, because it's like indoctrinated in you to do so. Right. It's you're using. You're doing it by choice. Right. And that's. And I think that that's a good. That can be a good like uh, test of what. Really, just like what works for you. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going back to Catholicism though, so there's yeah. that. <laughs> there you go. I only I got bar mitzvahed once, and that was it. That's all I needed. Uh, I'm a confirmed member of the church, so uh, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a real I'm a real poster poster child for what Catholics should do. I would say so. All right, Charlotte. Um, I thought we had a wonderful conversation, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah. It was good talking to you. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Uh, great to talk about your artistry, uh, your beginnings, spirituality, um, all that all that good stuff. So, uh, Charlotte, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night. lack of desire to go to bed. I don't know, like, I, once I go to sleep, I'm asleep. Yeah, well that works. Mm -hmm. What puts you to sleep? Mm, not very much. I have to, I have to physically tell myself to go to sleep every single night, oh, yeah. otherwise I'll just stay up until dawn, and then... So you, know. you avoid going to sleep until you tell yourself to go to sleep. Yeah, well because I can always just sit on my computer and play video games. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we are, we like to stay as stim stimulated for as long as possible. Yep, yep, yep. I crave that, that serotonin button being pushed. Yeah. As much as possible, please, just push yeah. it. Until push, it, push in, it push until it. it like freezes or it, or it takes too long to load and then you fall asleep. Right, so be <laughs> sure to like this video and stuff so that we can both have our serotonin buttons pushed. Yes, that would be. Because we crave it. Right. We're nothing without it. We, we'd love it. We'd appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show. Of course. Thank you for having yeah. me. Listen to Hell Girls Hymnal um, and uh, catch a deep fam show. They're fun. Um, October 10th is the next one. This probably won't be out by then. All but, right. But <laughs> yeah, don't, <laughs> don't go to October 10th. Um, okay. But uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you.